You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Here we go, y'all. I believe in the scripture when I was a kid and felt lonely when I was a young adult and had nothing. The word is true. And if you will let it be what it's supposed to be in your life and not something it's not, I'm telling you it'll change your life. Say this with me. Say, I'm ready to be challenged. And changed. Say changed. Say changed again. By God's word. Will you lift your hands online? We welcome you. Uh, We welcome you. You're a part of this, whether you're across the world or across town because you couldn't get out of bed this morning. The gospel still applies to you. Lift your hands. Lord, right now, I just ask you uh, to uh, show us where we're missing out. Show us where we're missing out. We don't want to just take a few bricks off the walls that we put up, Lord. We just, we want you to take the whole thing down. And even if we don't want it and we're comfortable in some things we shouldn't be in, Lord, take the whole thing down. Lord, uh, break patterns, break confidence, break anxiety, break, break whatever we put up that is a barrier between us and you because you are the God, Emmanuel, God with us, who wants to do this thing with us, whether we're in the mud or on the mountaintop, Lord. Help us see that and trust that no matter where we've been or what people have done to us in Jesus' name. Say it with me, say amen. amen. God wants to change your life. Tell both your neighbors, say, I got some stuff to surrender. If you're just coming along and guessing today, or as a guest today, I'm in a series, I'm ending it today called a series on surrender. Tell, tell, your other, tell the person behind you, say, I got some stuff to surrender. Every one of us do. Every, not your kids, not your boss you don't like, not your ex that you can't stand. You got some stuff to surrender. The rich young ruler, a rich young ruler in the New Testament, he was a young, ambitious, very wealthy, probably a political figure of some kind, approaches Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus understood and recognized that this man was asking a loaded, asking a loaded question. So he responds kind of rudely. We see it, He's, he basically I'm going to kind of paraphrase the Ben Bonner 2022 paraphrase. He says, um, he says, uh, you, be, you, you know exactly, you know your answers. It's your answers. Be a good old boy just like they taught you. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't murder. Don't steal. He, he basically says the Ten Commandments real briefly. And Jesus, he confirms Jesus' suspicions when he says, oh, I've done all that. I checked those boxes. I've been a good little boy just like they taught me to in Jewish uh, Saturday school because it was Saturday school back then. Yeah, they did it on Saturday, not Sunday. They said, I've done that. It was pride talking. This man had everything. The Bible said he had many possessions. He had everything. He accumulated and accomplished everything. Success, the pinnacle of that time. That's why it says rich, young ruler. And Jesus had, the Bible is so funny, it says he had genuine love for him. Remember a couple weeks ago, I said, we're going to be a church of empathy. Whether people like it or not, whether they want to stay or go, Jesus cared about this joker who was so far gone in his pride and arrogance because he, he was still missing something even though he had many possessions and had everything everybody said you need to have to be happy. And the Bible said Jesus wasn't disgusted with him. It said he had genuine love for him. We are missing that, by the way. And he says, no, man, there's one thing you haven't surrendered. There's one thing you haven't done. One thing you haven't done. And he pointed to his heart, his money, his, which gave him greed, which gave him power. Because, you know, people with a lot of money that are greedy, not all people that are rich are greedy. 
But some people, when you use that as a power play, you, money gets you power. And he says, no, you haven't surrendered that right there. Your money. And he said, if you want to surrender it, if you want to be satisfied, it, success won't do it for you. Sell everything, he says. Give it to the poor and come follow me and I'll change your life. And check this out. We live in like American culture, so this is ridiculous. We're like, somebody now would say, please, I built this empire. Uh, you crazy. That joker's crazy. Let's go put some, uh, let's go put some uh, conspiracy theory. He's crazy. He's about as bad as whoever. Please. What? Nope. Bible said that he's held his head to the ground. Notice it didn't just say he was sad. He held his head down. And it said that he went away sad or sorrowful because he had many possessions, but he was missing out. That's week three. I want to end it because this, this right here is, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you, God, you were missing out on him. Every one of us are the places that we're not willing to surrender. And he said, man, you got everything, but you got nothing because you're missing the main thing, man. And he continues to teach his disciples. He tells them, amen. He starts talking about it's hard for rich people to inherit the kingdom of God. And the point isn't the money. That's not, we, we try to make that like being, a rich, being rich is being a villain. No, no, no. He's saying, he's teaching a principle that when you have more opportunities and options and, 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 and you, that, that you're afforded to sidestep the surrender and trust, you just have a lot more things that you can exhaust and spend a lot longer in your life wasting years trying to get to the top and realize the top don't even make you what you think it's going to make you. And this just mind blows the disciples, which is why Peter speaks up because that's how Peter rolls. Peter's the big mouth. He's the Ben of the group. Uh, he says, it says, then Peter began to speak up, but we've given you everything. We've given everything to follow you. He said, yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that every one who has given up house or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or property, if you truly trust me with what you don't have, what you do have, your wounds, your victories, your degrees, whatever you, what, your, your disabilities, your abilities, if you surrender them, all of it, for my sake, not your sake, not your terms, not your ways, not your agenda. He said, for my sake. I got taught as a kid not to pray for his sake. Man, no, that's how I got off my track. That's how you get off your track. It is for his sake. He doesn't need you. He wants you and you are missing out because you were trying to do it on your terms and for the good news, not your news. Not, not your husband or wife that you're begging God for. His glory, if you will do it for the good news. You will receive now, say now. We love preaching about heaven and heaven's gonna be great, but he didn't say heaven, he said now. Just like he prayed, he said here as in heaven. He said, "My will be, your will be done here as in heaven. He says, right now, this life, today, David said, I, I'm confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the what? Living now. In return, you will receive a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, all the people that left you, that abandoned you, that don't believe in you, that betrayed you, whatever, children and property. And then he says this, along with persecution. Because you don't, you're going to go through hell sometimes. Things going to go sideways. 
People ain't going to receive you. They ain't going to like you. They're going to take you wrong or they're going to take you right. And they just don't like that you're right. It's going to go sideways, underways, always, no way. He says, get ready. I'm going to, it'll be worth it, but you are going to go through it down here. And then he talks about heaven because then he does that second because your focus should be today, not one day. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. The people that get to tell you what to do and you don't know why they get all the blessings and you get your back put against the wall and have to fight for everything 10 times more than them and they, and they rub your face in it all the time. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest Come on. then. Tell your neighbor right now, say you're missing out. You're missing out. Every one of us. Tell, point to yourself right now. Hey, here it is. We haven't done this. If you, hold your hand up. Just like you're telling the teacher I did it. Say, I am missing out. Prideful decisions, pathetic decisions, uh, no decisions, indecisions, uh, safe decisions, selfish decisions. We are missing out. And surrender is one of the most simple principles, but it is the reason we don't see it and understand it is because we don't want to. We don't want to. And I'm telling you, we are missing out. We are missing out. And I want you to see today, I want you to see the dysfunction, the disappointment, and the destructiveness that not surrendering in your life is, is, is giving you. And I also want you to see the effects that surrender will have on your life, if you will. I said will have on your life, by the way, not can, will. Because the Bible says the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Can we just say this together? Say, I am missing out. Online, drop a comment. In person, say it like you actually believe it. Say, I am missing out. We are missing out. We don't want to see it. We're not going to see it. We're going to do it our way. We are missing out. So I want to jump into this thing. Surrender. Surrender sets you apart and sets you up. It's what it does. The gospel's really simple. We overcomplicate our life because things happen that get us confused, but the gospel's real simple. Surrender when you trust God. He is not your flaky boyfriend. He is not your flaky wife. He is not your flaky and, and, and broken ex-husband or wife and, and kids and parents that neglected you. That is not who he is. And you were projecting on him what other people, church people did to you. Church people are not Jesus. We are people that are supposed to pursue him, but we are not Jesus. It is okay that the church is imperfect because we should never claim to be perfect. Surrender is what sets you up and sets you apart in your life. You want the good things that God said he will not withhold? Surrender. Let your walls down. Surrender. That's how. You want it? Surrender. Surrender because God has good things for you. I know some bad things have happened. I know some traumatic things have happened. I know that some people, you got some bad relationships and you've been in bad jobs for three decades in your life. You're really struggling. But I'm going to tell you, bad things can happen, but God has good things for you. And if you want to be set up, if you want to be set apart, because setting apart isn't the faith that you talk. It's the character that you live by. Even when they don't like what you do and they don't like you anymore. Surrender is character that sets you apart, not words. And Paul says this, and this is crazy. Coming from a PhD, he was, the, a, part of, he was a part of the elite. Only 6,000 Pharisees really existed because they were separated ones. They were the best of the best. Paul was the best of the best. Yet he says this, the teaching about the cross is foolishness. Sell everything and follow me. No, that's dumb. 
to those who are being lost. By the way, I want to redeem the word lost because I'm, for years I didn't like to say that word because of the abuse of it. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to preach the scripture, I need to, reckon, I need to redeem that word to what it means. Lost doesn't mean unwelcome, uninvited, banished, left out. Lost means you've been window shopping. It means that it means you've been window shopping and staying on the outside looking in. It means that you have been settling for scraps and God says it's time for you to come to the table and get you some real life change, some real breakthrough. You don't have to wake up to a stranger because you traded sex for some attention. Loss doesn't mean that you did something bad enough that you that God is somehow punishing you. Loss means that you continue to stand outside looking in because you choose to. That is loss. Loss doesn't mean you didn't fit my mold, your mold. When I'm preaching to you, I am not trying to change you to Ben's interpretation of what Jesus wants to do in your life. Mine is to open your heart up to it because if you will surrender to it, he will show you and it will set you. I don't care what you went through or how bad, how bad your hole, how deep your holes are. Jesus will set you apart if you will begin to trust him if you will open your heart to him I know they abused you I know they hurt you I know they tried to, to take advantage of you sexually and financially but if you will surrender to him he will set you apart loss this is what loss means you're running running from him you think you're running from the people that you don't like anymore. You call it setting boundaries. No, you're running from him. Boundaries aren't walls. Walls are walls. Paul says, the teaching about the cross is foolishness. This is the most educated man that the Christian faith had. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. PhD says, man, I, I spent my whole life trying to study information and I did it. I got everything. I got to the top. And I realized that it was so simple that I just missed it because I just gave myself information because I didn't want to see the truth. Because when you got a lot of information, tell you one thing, some of them philosophy majors, philosophy is great, but if you get the degree to try to debate people so you can make them feel wrong when you're actually wrong, that's just dumb. That's why I'm not a good debater. You give me about two hours, I'll come up with something good, but you can make me look dumb because I'm not a good debater. I'll say something dumb. I end up putting my head straight in the ground. That's why I just don't talk about it anymore. Oh, I'm not talking about that. I tell Angie, it makes her mad. We're not talking about this anymore. That's wartime, by the way. I'm not, ta- I'm, I'm not talking to you. That's what I do. It is written in the scriptures that I will cause the wise to lose their wisdom. Oh, he did that, by the way, in several times in the Bible because he gave you the wisdom you have. He gave you the abilities and gifts that you have. He gave you all of it. And he'll take it from you just like he did Nebuchadnezzar. He made him run around in seven years acting an animal. He made him lose everything he gave him because he gave it to you. And if you don't surrender it and trust him with it and try to lord it over people or try to hide and don't use what he gave you and go bury it like the guy with the talent, I'm telling you, he will take it from you. I will make the wise unable to understand because all your information just confuses you more. We live in a culture of TMI. We actually use too much information to manipulate and confuse people. Go look at social media. You freak out and see some meme from some social media article that is all lies or a bunch of conspiracy and before you know it, you're neck deep in it. You ain't even, you ain't even prayed about nothing. You live scared. He says, I will cause the, I will make the wise unable to understand. 
Where the wise per- where is the wise person? Where is the educated person? Where is the skilled talker of this world? Because a lot of things you say sound good, but it doesn't mean they're good. The rich young ruler, Jesus' first response to him is, what you calling me good for? Only God is good. Because I've had those seasons of my life that I'm up here preaching. I'm like, I'm in the zone. I got it. And God was sitting there on me. Boy, you, don't, you, are on, you have forgotten that I'm good, not you. It may sound good, but it ain't good. We, a lot of stuff we take, we sound good. But it is not good. It is not surrender. It is, every, it is more sin than the people that we like to turn the attention to. In the wisdom of God, the word did not know, the world did not know God through its own wisdom. So God chose to use the message that sounds foolish, simple, too easy to save those who believe. And this is beautiful. The Jews asked for miracles and the Greeks want wisdom. See, the Jews want proof. That's why they, give me a miracle. I want to know that you're with me, God. Do this for me. I'm going to negotiate with you. I'm going to bargain with you. Do this with me and I'll know that you're for me. Do this with me and I'll know you're here. I'll make this move if you make this move. Like, like you're in a contract for a job. You pay me this and I'll sign the day. Uh-uh. They wanted proof. They wanted to know, God, you show me something. You make a move, I make a move. The Greeks wanted knowledge and wisdom. They wanted power. Because when you have all the information, the knowledge and wisdom, you can work around it and you can take advantage of people. And Jesus specifically said this because to this day, 2022, we're either pitiful and we want God to prove to us that he's for us or we want wisdom, knowledge, money, anything so that we can make people feel intimidated and make ourselves feel better. Nothing's changed, y'all. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing, nothing, nothing has changed. The gospel is countercultural. It's foolishness. It's countercultural. It's counterintuitive. It's not even practical. It's impractical. We tell, we teach our kids. You need to. I mean, that's just an impractical decision, son. Yeah, the gospel is. And I'll be honest with you, I'd rather do something for God for the right motives, impractical, than spend my whole life being safe because Jesus did not come and give you life for you to play it safe either. The gospel is counterintuitive. It feels like weakness to love your enemies and pray for your enemies. That's what Paul said. He said the gospel's foolishness. You want to do that? You want to go down here? Uh, we call that liberal, uh, liberal propaganda and communism because we Americans, we kick tail and take names. We don't do what Jesus said when, if they, I mean, Jesus, let's face it, the gospel's this. If they sue you for your shirt, Jesus said, give them your cloak. Jesus said, they, they, if, they, if they make you, if they force you, boy, we don't even, boy, I'm not even talking about the point, the heart of the issue. I don't even have a stance, but when, boy, we acted a fool over some mask. And Jesus said, if they force you to go one mile, you go two. Come on. Come on, we don't do that. We don't have conversations. We ruin careers. We write people off. The gospel is foolishness. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, which isn't talking about heaven or hell. Jesus is talking. When Jesus said the path is wide to destruction, he doesn't say Hades. He says Gehenna, which was a present day in Jerusalem at that time, a trash dump. He was talking about today. You're living like this trash dump where you put your dead bodies in your, in your, tra- in your trash because you're living in sorrow, just like the rich young ruler. I don't care if you're at the top or the bottom. The gospel's foolishness. It's simple. 
Man, we, we aren't surrendered. You tip like everybody else when you go to lunch today because you're not surrendered with your money. Let's not even talk about how you aren't generous and you don't tithe and the first thing that you cut from your pay. First, when you tighten your belt, the first thing you cut is the tithe and is your generous giving, whether it's here or somewhere else. Do you know why that is? It's because you're not surrendered and it's the easiest thing to cut when you're not because it doesn't affect you. It affects other people. It affects what God's doing in the world. We are not surrendered. We like to say we're surrendered and we can make it sound surrendered. We are not. It's why we got single mamas in this church that will miss church to work overtime, to serve on a Sunday and then lose money because of the church crowd. That is not surrender. That is selfish. And we go out to the restaurants. Y'all know anybody new when I'm hard, I'm hard for a purpose, not for petty stuff. I have single mothers that I've heard. They lost money. They lost money working on a Sunday trying to take care of their kids because the church crowd, the Christians, are the ones that are the most stingy. And they look at the people serving them like, you should have been in church, so you need to serve me. It's foolishness. And you don't even, we don't even realize it because Paul said we've gotten so far away from his heart because we're not surrendered. And surrender sets you up and sets you apart, or it You lose yourself and don't even recognize yourself. You act out like everybody else. We do. When we're not surrenders, we act out like everybody else when you don't get your way. You know, two years ago, we talked about everybody burning down businesses and the riots. I said this a couple years ago, and I really hurt some feelings, but I'm going to say it again. We all burn down things. And I'm going to tell you, you burned with your pride and manipulation and dishonesty. We burned down friendships, families. We burned down churches with that stuff. But here's the difference in burning down a business in person, a business in a city versus burning down the things that we do in our life to sidestep to hold people in the dark. There ain't an insurance policy big enough to cover that damage. We're not surrendered and we don't even realize that we're so far off and we're consistently trying to shift attention. You try to control your kids. What? You're unreasonably strict and unbearing, overbearing. You know the prodigal father? The prodigal father literally let his son take his inheritance. He was his daddy. He knew he was going to waste it. He knew he was going to take it and spend it on prostitutes and partying. But you know what the father did? Go get it. Go do what you're going to do. It ain't going to do anything. And you know what? When he spent it all up and he, he was waiting for him to come back. Come on now. But we're not surrendered. Amen. We're not set apart because we'd rather save our kids because we see the pain that they're going to experience and we want to save them from it. And I'm telling you, you are not God. And you're not surrendered either when you do that. He let him, you know what? Jesus is your father too. He knows exactly what you're going to do. He knows exactly what you're doing. And he will let you. You can keep coasting. You can keep coasting in life or you can listen to me today and begin to open your heart. Surrender is what sets you apart and sets you up in life. You can take Jesus at his word or you can, or you can do like everybody did in Jesus's day from the rich young ruler to the religious people. You can, you can surrender to your interpretation and your answers and your expectations and your terms and your way. And you can say, and you can get mad at everybody else because they don't meet your expectations instead of saying, God, I surrender my ego, my offensiveness, my wounds. I surrender it to you. Surrender is what sets you up. It sets you apart. You either believe it or you don't. Tell somebody right now, say, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. 
But surrender is what's causing you and me and all of us to miss out in some places in our life. It's causing us to continue to be wounded. Surrender, surrender keeps you safe and keeps you from straying. Watch this. Those who go to God most high for safety will be protected by the Almighty. Those who go to him, it doesn't mean you won't get hurt. It means you won't be stopped. Life is gonna hit you. It's gonna take you sideways. But those who go to him, not social media, not sex, not money, not respect, not bitterness, not vengeance. I could keep going on and on. I'd hit your heart and mine if you give me a couple hours, but I'm getting hungry and I know you are too. Surrender is what keeps you safe. It is what keeps you from straying. It's what Solomon writes in Proverbs to keep your gaze straight, not left, not right. You know what does that? When mom and daddy disappoint you, when you get cheated on, at work or in your marriage, I'm looking at him. I can't look, if I look here, I gotta turn straight. Surrender is what keeps you safe. I didn't say it kept you unscathed. It keeps you safe. It keeps you focused. Success will cause you to stop surrendering as much as losing will. Those who go to God most high, to him who run to the Father, even Jesus surrendered his life. They killed him. They killed him. Bible says he was obedient, surrendered to death, even death on a cross. But that's what set him loose. They ruined your reputation. They're the reason that you got divorced. You lost everything. And you know what? If you will surrender it to him and quit surrendering it to social media, God will lift you up if you will humble yourself. Surrender. Surrender is what keeps you safe. Surrender is what keeps you from straying. Watch this. I love these simple verses because the Bible's so simple. Bradford's been quoting this one my whole life that I can remember. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are what? Safe. You've been running from him and you need to run to him. And I know you got hurt, but how long you stay hurt is all up to you. Run to him. Run to him. You can't, my mama used to tell me this all the time. It's so true. You can't curse what God has blessed but you can sabotage your own blessing by not surrendering to him. Bradford said, repeat it. You can't curse what God has blessed, but you can sabotage your own blessing by not surrendering to it and him. Run to him. You've been running from him for so many years. You've had way more trauma than you should have. You should have been recovered from the hell you went through 20 years ago. You should have been recovered 15 years ago, but you run from him. You think you're setting boundaries. You think you're running. You think you're brave. You think you're 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 trying to talk yourself into it. I I love myself, finally. I love myself. No filter. No, I believe thou protest too much, Shakespeare said. Only had to quote a verse. Let's go with Shakespeare on that one. Surrender. You're running from him. It's why you're so unsteady and so unstable and life is such a roller coaster. Life is gonna get bad sometimes. But when it's constantly this, surrender is what keeps you safe and keeps you, it keeps you um, from straying. It's what keeps you from wasting 10 years when you should have been over the hurt and the heartbreak and burying them too soon after two. It's not that you're gonna forget them, but it's time to move forward no matter what happens to you. God, we are not a, in a faith of retreat. We're in our faith of moving forward. And so surrender keeps you safe and keeps you from straying. Surrender surrender supplies you strength and peace 
oh man, I've experienced this so many times in my life. And each time that I make a screw up or get off track, I end up finding you're still there. Your grace is new every day. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is. Say that with me. Say, stay. Stay like you mean it. Say, stay on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Stayed. See, you quit and walk away because you're not surrendered. You won't even walk in because you're not surrendered. You won't even apply for the job. You won't even ask for the raise that you've deserved for 25 years. You won't even ask her out. Ask him out. I don't know. I'm just saying you quit and walk away and stay and you hold your head down. Most talented person in the room and you're sitting here walking like this like you got a hump in your back and got neck issues like I do. It's because you're not surrendered. You have no peace because you're not surrendered. See, and what we've done is we've, in the last 20 or so years, because I've lived long enough to remember that, we've actually went from one extreme to another. All we talk about now is the toxic stuff that we need to walk away from. I, I deserve better than this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm telling you, I've been saying a while now, you date like you, you do marriage like you did high school dating. Ah, you're toxic. Please. We don't talk about the things that we're walking away from. We, we talk about the things that we need to walk away from, but what we do is we do it to avoid the things that we need to be planting our feet and being faithful. Because we like convenience. We like to hear that news that is not the easy news. We want to go to churches where we get those light messages of the things that encourage you in the Lord. The Bible says the word of God will leave you wide open. It's sharper than any two-edged sword if you want it. And what happens is all we talk about is toxic. And what about the toxic in us that has caused us to quit? Because what we've done is we used to never quit. We used to stay in things too long, but now we're just the type of church people. We just quit everything. Quit it all. Bible talks about perseverance more than almost anything, by the way. We do. First sign of trouble, you're gone. Overly dramatic. You would rather sabotage your marriage by cheating than actually confront your spouse and have a conversation about issues that you should have been having a conversation about 30 years. And what you happens is you end up burning a bridge. You would rather talk about your ex and burn them in the ground instead of be a parent because we're not surrendering. And the prophet Isaiah says, if you, you keep in perfect peace, Jesus said, I, peace, I leave you. Not as the world leave you, I leave you. Him. And 800 years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah said, you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. See, we have started talking about the things that we don't need to stay in or that, we're, that we know we need to stay in but want to make a, get a good reason and excuse to quit. And we're talking, stay. Come on, man. We talk about quitting power. We talk about walking away. What about the staying power? Woo. Say it with me. Say stay. stay. Surrender gives you peace. It gives you peace. And you're not surrendered, and that's why you have no peace in your life. Paul had peace in a jail cell, and he said from that jail cell, he wrote to the church and said, the peace that passes all understanding can guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, just like it has mine. The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah was building walls. And I'm telling y'all, if he doesn't get those walls built, we just read about Israel in the history books. 
He, he fought every, everybody. When you're building something in your life that's bigger than yourself, you're going to get, when you're trying to grow and pick your life up and move forward, you are going to get what Nehemiah got. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Paul said in Philippians, once again from a jail cell, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not your spouse because you've been single your whole life and you just want somebody, him. Not the money that you've been, you can't even, money always eludes you because that's what you're chasing. Through Christ who strengthens me. Christ who strengthens me, y'all. If we were surrendered, man, man, if we were surrendered, our lives would begin to be set apart. We'd have peace, we'd have strength, man. I'm telling you, when we go to lunch today, all the, all the, all the employees would be fighting for the Sundays because that's when they make up everything because we are the most generous people. We wouldn't be on social media trying to defend all the stuff coming at us. We would not. Retaliating and responding, not retaliating and responding would be our default mode because we had peace, not vomiting on anybody who'll listen or take it. Surrender. It sets you up, sets you apart. It keeps you safe. And from straying, surrender um, supplies you peace and strength. And lastly, you either step out of your comfort zone or you will never grow out of your comfort zone. Please hear me. Because I've done ministry a long time. Now, I'm not a veteran yet, I wouldn't say, but I'm not a spring chicken either. And I've seen this too much. People come in church, they grow a little bit, and they reach, some, they reach their limitations. And their limitations isn't their limitations, it's their faith and surrender and trust. And they're like, I ain't doing that. You know how many texts I've gotten? I'm pretty raw in the church. We have a raw culture, so people reach out to me and be honest with me, which is fine. I love that. The people say, man, I committed. I, I gave six months to God. Ain't nothing changed. And I'm like, your heart's off. I'll see you when I see you. Hopefully, I'll see you, though. What we do is you will never, you're here and you're going to reach some boundaries in every season of your life. And you either step out of them or you stay in them. And it's all in your trust and surrender. I know that you had some limitations by your spouse dying or leaving or by what happened to you as a kid or the men or women that abused you and all these things, but you stay here or you step out of here. And you choose. It is not God's fault when for 30 years, what happened to you 30 years ago that you choose to stay in these limitations because these are not limitations that he placed on you. These are limitations that you placed on you. You settled for here. And so what happens is, what happens is, is you have gotten comfortable in your perspective and religion. You've stayed in bad situations and seasons because this... Or, hey, you're in some bad situations that you have the whole, it could be worse, I need to be grateful mindset. Whatever excuses you want to make, because it can be bad, good, or you just settled, I don't know. Rich young ruler had everything, and he still came to God, and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to step out? Because I've accumulated everything in my life. I've gotten everything. I'm, he was probably some type of political uh, figure for the Roman Empire too, not just Jewish. And he said, I still can't break out of this. And I thought that I would have it by now. Amen. It's still lonely at the top. Oh, you still have limitations at the top. You just don't know it yet because you ain't got there to find out. But it'll be really hard when you get to the top and realize, man, it wasn't what I thought. Amen. And you put these here. And you've gotten comfortable so when, so when me or anybody pushes you out of, the, out of the things that you spent your whole life dying for, your political views, the way you raise kids and the way you don't even realize you're enabling them, 
all these things. I don't like that. Every time we take a step, every time we grow, y'all, we lose people too. This time, no, no, no different. The only reason is I'm, my mind's a little bit different now. I'm like, I love you enough to let you go too because I'm going to be honest where we're going. You're going to be able to see it every Sunday. You, you won't have to guess. Amen. But we have these limitations and what happens is we get stuck in them. And if you don't surrender, you're going to stay, you're going to stay here instead of stay here. And God, the gospel is always about expansion. When people tell me I'm just not the same person I was 10 years ago, well, if you are, then you have disappointed yourself. And so what happened was is Israel did this too because it's in every story of the Bible. These people, what they do is they're, 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 they go through the motions. And Israel was in a war going through the motions. And the Bible says they went a roundabout way in the desert. They started thirsting to death. Seven days, no water. Their entire army. They're, they're, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in 2 Kings 3, they, they actually had to join forces with Judah. And they're, they're going through the motions in war. Don't think, don't think you're taking life seriously just because things are sideways and you're still spending your life reacting. You just got, got a lot more going on because you're reacting from here. So they get there and they're begging God, like, what's going on? They get Elijah because Elijah was a prophet. And they say, tell us some truth, Elijah. Here's what Elijah says while they're about, they're literally, ain't nothing changed. I'm about to show you. It's still the same, just looks different. He then said, this is what Elijah said, God's word, dig ditches. They're thirsting to death. They're on the verge of death. And God doesn't say, here's you the water. He says, God's word, dig ditches all over this valley. I want you to dig. And here's what'll happen. You won't hear the wind. You won't see the rain. But this valley is going to fill up with water and your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is crazy, y'all. We do the same stuff. You ain't had no peace in 30 years. No peace in 30 years. You've been bankrupt three times. You continue to be attracted to bad men and bad women or, or, or broken men and broken women because none of us are bad. We're just broken and don't realize that God created us to be good and for good things. And nothing's changed. You just spent, you spent the last 30, 20, 10 years, 10 minutes. But if it's 10 minutes, go ahead, change it now, blaming everybody else for what you're living in. But the truth is, regardless of who put you here, You've stayed here. Come on now. Come on now. And God told him, I know you're starving. I know you're thirsty. But you're going to dig them ditches before I fill them. Even though you're weak, you better muster up whatever you got because I will only fill what you dig. Seems immerse, it seems like it lacks mercy, right? Here's why he did it. See, he wasn't going to enable them to get back in the situations they've been in every time begging him to get out of them. He wasn't going to enable them because they would be back right here if he didn't show them that they could do better. See, God, if he filled this up, would well, they expand? God did it. God did it. Two years later. You do it too. We all do it. Can I borrow some money this month? I'm just running behind. Man, you've been running behind for 10 years. That ain't a month's problem. That's your life. It's just a season. No, a season's a season. This is your life. It ain't changed. 
And God said, now this time, y'all, you're going to dig some ditches. You're going to expand because I'm going to, I'm going to bust you out of this thing right now. I'm going to empower you. I'm not going to force you. You want it? Go dig them. You better work the two jobs. Work the two jobs until God promotes you to one because you can't worry about forever. You got to worry about for now. God says, dig some ditches. Quit trying to burn your ex and your ex-employer to the ground and be a parent, be an employee right now. Because I'm sorry that you don't get a co-parent, but I'm going to tell you, God will honor the the ditches that you dig. He says, dig them. You've gotten comfortable right here. You dig them and I'll fill them. And sure enough, they dug them with what little energy they had left. They dug them. Ben, will you go ahead and start coming up? They dug them. And God filled them. And he wants to do that in your life. He wants to bust you out of what you've allowed yourself to stay in. Emily Vaughn is... She reminds me, seeing the good work of God in her life, why I do what I do. Emily Vaughn came in here, I guess a year and a half or so ago. She don't even look like the same person physically. I told her that a couple weeks ago. I said, girl, like you, a lot of people, their lives change. Man, your whole countenance and physique and everything has changed. And she came in here like one of these, one of these, you remember when tall tees were popular? They're not anymore. She came in here and just, I just began to see God work and work and work. And then, then earlier this year, she texted me. She said, you know, I got laid off and God gave me early mornings. And I realized God didn't give me that time just to start my day with putting in application. She began to read the word and pray and seek God. And, uh, and she said, I realized that I robbed myself of that time. I could have got up early any day. She finished the New Testament three-month challenge that we had a few months ago. She finished it. You know why? Because she says, I'm digging ditches. Girl, don't look this. She, she texts me a couple weeks. She, last week, she said this. She said, jokes that used to be funny to me aren't funny anymore. Perspectives that I used to think were important aren't important anymore. I hunger for him and for other people to, to, to experience the ditches that God has filled. And I can promise you one thing. She ain't scratched the surface of the ditches that God is going to fill in her life because she's going to keep digging. And at some point in your life, you stopped digging and you went in default mode because you weren't surrendered. And you will stay. Hey, church hurts you. I'm sorry that church people hurt you. Jesus, the gospel remains the same in your life. And you either stay here or you step and you expand. God, Eliza said, God's word says, dig ditches all over this valley. You dig them, I'll fill them, but I'm not going to enable you to stay stuck. And it's not because he's not mad at you. He's not going to punish you. You are punishing yourself because you don't trust him. Because you see him like you saw your abuser. You see him like you saw your, the person that abandoned you. You see him like you see yourself because of your addiction and you hate yourself. And unforgiveness towards yourself is the worst type of unforgiveness. You don't have to stay here. Tell somebody, say, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. He loves you. He loves you. And it is time to surrender. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at 
We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.